Hey friend, have you experienced success in your business yet you still feel empty? Do you believe that God has a purpose for your business, but you feel stagnant and lack clarity on how to grow it? Listen, it takes clarity of how God defines and directs us, plus discipline to take the action that leads to consistency and growth. And clarity is what we are talking about this month on the podcast. And before we get into the episode, I want you to know that I can help you through my private coaching. I work with a limited number of clients who desire to go deeper in pursuing Success God's Way. And this month, May 2022, I have two openings for my foundation or growth coaching program. If you've ever been curious about working with me, let's explore together. Schedule your 15-minute discovery call today at erinharrigan.com slash discovery call or click the link in the show notes. Hey friend, welcome to the Hustle with Heart podcast. I'm Erin Harrigan, a Christian wife, emptiness mom, speaker, coach, and lover of tacos. And I'm your host for the podcast, Tailor Made for Christian Business Women who have had success yet feel something is still missing. The heart of this show is to help entrepreneurs align results to God's truth. My mission is teaching women like you how to break free from overwhelm and overachievement so you can carry out God's assignment with clarity, serenity, and fulfillment. On this show, we apply biblical truth to business with practical application so you can tune out the world, tune into God's truth, and turn up focus to build a thriving kingdom business. If that sounds like you, you're in the right place. And if you're ready to learn to redefine hustle and pursue success God's way, let's get started. Have you ever been driving on a road trip or maybe just even to the grocery store and it's clear, it may not be sunny, maybe it's a little overcast, but it's a clear day and you're rolling right along. You know where you're going. Maybe it's a map that you're following or maybe it's a path that you've driven a million times, you know, by heart. And then suddenly the fog rolls in. And even though you know by heart, you are clear on that path ahead. You are trusting that GPS. The fog throws you off, doesn't it? Well, we are wrapping up our conversation about clarity for this month of May with this last installment, which I'm calling Chaos Versus Clarity, The Fog We Face. And as I was writing out this title, it I am not a Marvel fan or DC comics or I, I don't I can't keep up with all of that. It's just not my thing. But right now there's like a Doctor Strange movie or I don't even know something about the multiverse. Somebody can teach me this. But it got me thinking like good versus evil, right? And and like good guys versus bad guys and Avengers versus whatever. And this is exactly what happens to us in our business. Definitely when we're getting started in business, but I think when we've had success and we've hit that wall of like emptiness and then we've turned our life over to the Lord, I feel like the fog gets thicker sometimes because the enemy knows how powerful it is that we've given our lives to the Lord, that we've made him CEO of our business. And that is why we face the fog and it should be no surprise to us that we do. So in this episode, we're going to talk about why we face that fog. We're going to talk about some elements of that fog. And then we're going to talk about how we break 
through the frog, like hit the giant master defrost button and how we come out on the other side. And to be a little cliche with you, how our setbacks are setups for our comebacks, right? But only with the Lord, not on our own. So I want to remind you, because we're going to be talking about this later in the episode, to go grab your four keys guide. This is the four keys to redefine hustle and pursue success God's way. Uh, those four keys we're going to be talking about, but let's just refresh our memories on the definition of clarity being the state of being clear in appearance, thought, style. Um, it's having lucidity. And you remember these three synonyms I've been talking about this precision, simplicity, and certainty. And I think all of these apply here when we talk about chaos versus clarity and the obstacles that we're going to face. And here's what clarity sounds like in the face of those obstacles. Though there is fog and chaos, I am clear that my help comes from God and that Jesus has already claimed victory. Because remember, your business is one way that you administer your gifts and talents. It's one way that you make the kingdom impact that the you for. And it is absolutely where Jesus will show up again and again and show you his victory. So I got a lot of scripture for you this week. It'll all be in the show notes. You don't have to take such copious notes, but I'm going to jump around a little bit. And first I want to tell you why we can expect trouble. So in John 10, 10, Jesus says, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Yet I have come, Jesus, that they may have life and that may have it more abundantly. They may have it more abundantly, more than the world can give us, more than uh, wealth or prosperity. Like this is really the heavenly perspective. So on one in one place, in, in the same verse, Jesus is saying, listen, there is the enemy and he is coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And so the enemy wants us wrapped up in fog and chaos. And we're going to talk about what that may look like. And then yet Jesus is saying, but like, there, there's your setback. And yet I've claimed victory. I, I come so that you have life more abundantly. And then in John 16, 33, we all know this, that um, Jesus says that in this world, you will have trouble but I have overcome the world. And Dr. Charles Stanley says that we can always have confidence in Jesus's ability, that he display his resurrection power in our situations, and we will not ever be disappointed by this, right? So we know that we're going to have trouble. He tells us that. We know that the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy. And we know that Jesus overcomes the world. And then lastly, in Titus 3, 8, this is, this is the instruction of why we need to keep going. It's to affirm constantly that those who believe in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. In other words, you got to keep going forward. You got to keep moving step by step forward. Um, and 
we have to be faithful to the Lord's mission for us, to his call on our life, to the purpose of loving people and making disciples. And we have to be faithful that he's given us this business and we have to be a good steward of it, right? So that right there outlines the fact that yes, there will be chaos. Jesus has overcome and we are to keep moving, right? We're not to get stuck and stagnant. There will be times in our business when we do that. But again, that Jesus has claimed victory. So let's talk about some forms of chaos and fog that happened to us. So in my book, Pursuing Success God's Way, A Practical Guide to Hustle with Heart, link to that is down in the show notes. In chapter six of the book, I talk all about obstacles and overcoming them. So I'm just going to pull out some of this information for you because I find that there are four main ways that the enemy seeks to steal, kill, and destroy in our business, really in life. But there are four main ways. And these ways are coveting and then what I call 3D drifting, distraction, discontentment, and doubt. And when we drift off path, we're kind of like a top that's spinning. And if you've ever played with a toy top, you know that it just kind of goes wherever. Uh, We have our grand dog, Maisie, right now because our other grand dog, Millie, had surgery. And, um, Maisie's crazy. I'm just here to tell you. Like right now, she's sleeping on the floor in my office. Earlier today, she was chewing on an extension cord. And when we take her out, she's all over the place because she hasn't really been trained. And um, and so we're kind of like that. We kind of get drifting sometimes. And you know what that feels like because it feels like the fog has descended and you're like, I don't really know which way I'm going. You have the clarity of which way to go. But the problem is we get in our own way because of coveting distractions, discontentment, and doubt. So let's break these down just a little bit. And I'm going to um, walk you through what these may look like in your business. Because when we get to the journal prompts, one of the prompts at the end is going to be, which of these are you really struggling with? And I also want to remind you that This is where we apply the four keys, which I'm going to get to in a second, because when we're in the midst of that drifting, it's it's the time to stop and be still and listen for the still small voice and understand, okay, is this me trying to define it versus the Lord? Is this me trying to direct myself versus letting him lead? Am I not putting my feet to faith by taking action and being disciplined in that? Or is this a growth period and the Lord is pruning and and I need to allow him to do that, right? That's that development, that fourth key. So coveting. In a number of places, Exodus 20, um, Deuteronomy 5, we know that the ten, one of the Ten Commandments is that shalt not covet. And in Deuteronomy 5, 4, in which Moses is repeating to the Israelites these these commandments, it says, you shall not cover your neighbor, shall not covet your neighbor's wife or desire your neighbor's house, his field, his servant, his ox, his donkey, or anything that is his, is your neighbor's. What does coveting look like in our world? Comparison, imposter syndrome, uh, the grass is greener idea. Coveting is us looking around and saying, I'm not moving fast enough. They have a bigger business. They have more clients. Um, she has the same message that I have, right? That is coveting. And here's the freedom in knowing that that is coveting. Coveting is a sin. Sin breaks God's heart. We can 
repent from that. What does that mean? That means that we can go to the Lord and say, Lord, I am getting, I'm so drifting in coveting right now. Like I'm looking around at these other, these other service providers or these other product people. And I, and I'm like wishing I had the business they had. And I'm wondering like stomping my feet like a toddler, Lord, why haven't you given me that success? Right. I'm doing that. Lord, would you forgive me? I lay this at the foot of the cross and I'm asking for your redemption. Right. So it's a good thing to be aware if you're coveting because you can turn that over to the Lord. And that's a beautiful thing. Friends, this is a, this can be a daily thing. Honestly, like you don't just turn it over once and it goes away because as much as we want to say, like, I'm not worried about what other people think of me or um, what they think of me is none of my business or whatever, like all of that is coveting. And it's still going to happen because we live in an imperfect world and we are imperfect on this side of heaven. Okay. So that's one way that the chaos and um, the fog rolls in. Another way that the chaos and the fog rolls in is distraction. Distraction, the shiny objects, uh, the dog in the movie up when he's like squirrel, right? Distraction is such a powerful way because here's distraction means drawing away or diverting as in the mind or attention, right? It doesn't often mean that we're pulled away by bad things either, by the way. Many things, it's many times it's good things, things that we'd rather be doing that still serve others in our business, but perhaps they feed our self-reliance or perhaps they make us procrastinate from the work that is truly mission focused. And it's that distraction, that drawing away of our attention that fulfills our selfish needs, but is not God's will. So you may find yourself in distraction. You may, I have a client, she's so funny. One of the things we've been working on is focus and, and holding her accountable for focus, which you would think like, well, can you do that on your own? Well, no, not if, you know, you're trying to do three things at a time, right? Like not if you're in the bathroom, like physically going to the bathroom and yet you're still like checking your phone, right? Distraction, distraction. Are those times that you're devoting your morning in your evening to the Lord, your book and distraction, because this happened to me this morning. I'm in the middle of reading. And I'm like, oh, wait, I got to send that text. Of course, the enemy doesn't want me in the word, right? That's distraction. All right. So let's talk about discontentment. Discontentment is a restless desire or craving for something that we don't have. It's dissatisfaction. We can't get no satisfaction like Mick Jagger sings, right? Discontentment is a cousin of coveting. Because it's often a result of us feeling like, well, this isn't where I thought I'd be by now. And, and these results aren't showing up the way I want them. And they're not showing up in the time that I want. So we're discontent. We feel discontentment when we focus on ourselves or we're wallowing in that comparison. So there's that coveting again, right? Our discontentment then stalls our effectiveness for doing the Lord's work because we can't see how our small efforts will result in bigger things. Or we take in all the effort and we're like, I'm just not satisfied. Discontentment is also a cousin of overachievement because discontentment says, I haven't done enough. I got to go do more overachievement, right? Discontentment is also characterized by a feeling like this. I'm not happy with what I have and I'll never have what they have because I don't see how I can get there. Discontentment is like, how is this even possible? It's going to take so much more work, right? And discontentment has a tag team partner. And that tag team partner is doubt. So this is the three 
D's that we drift in. I believe that doubt is so insidious. It is the ruler of chaos, if you will. And I feel like sometimes it is the hardest obstacle to recognize because while it is uncertainty about the truth or reality or the nature of something, while we know that Jesus is the truth and we can't imagine being uncertain about that, we are not always good at applying that truth in our business. We think, well, it applies everywhere else, but where does faith really belong in business? Or how do I know that he's going to show up this way? Because business sometimes is supposed feels like it should be so logical and mathematical and math doesn't lie. But then the results don't look like the equivalent of the work I've done, right? So then we doubt. And here's the tr- truth, friends. And this is, whew, this is hard this is hard hitting right here, is that doubt in its basic form is uncertainty about Jesus himself. Let me say that again. Doubt in its basic form is uncertainty about Jesus himself. And if that makes you feel like, oh my gosh, Jesus, am I betraying you? I feel you, friend, because when I say that out loud, I think, how could I be uncertain about Jesus? But that's what doubt is. Doubt is not trusting, right? Doubt is trying to figure it all out ourselves, right? When when we doubt ourselves, when we doubt what he's given us to do, when when we doubt this mission that he's told us to walk out with our business, when we doubt the impact of our business, then we're doubting his promise that he works all things together for our good. And... Doubt, just like distraction and discontentment, limits our effectiveness. And you know what else it does? It compromises our obedience because we think, well, I know you told me to do that, but that's not going to work. So I'm not going to go do that. Friends, (laughs) if we're not stepping in obedience, (laughs) how can we expect God to bless our actions for maximum impact? Like God needs our obedience to bless us. He desires to bless our obedience. But there is hope. There is hope when you're in the midst of this chaos and fog. And that is the clarity of knowing that the Lord is the light to our path, as it says in Psalm 119, 105, and that he holds us steady, as it says in Psalm 37, 24. So how do we regain that clarity? How do we unlock that clarity, that door to clarity to free us from these obstacles, these these drifting discontentment and doubt and distraction and this coveting, this chaos and this fog that we know we're going to have to walk through time and time again, we use the four keys. So in the four keys, you'll see there are multiple definite or multiple scripture that I give you there. But today I just want to give you one scripture per key. Okay. So first of all, we always have to go back to How is he defining? How is he defining us? How is he defining our work? How is he defining our business? And so define key scripture, Ephesians 2.10. We're his workmanship. So we know we're his workmanship. That means he handcrafted us. Can you imagine how meticulous he was in doing that, right? And that he made us for a purpose, for good works predestined for us. So how are we trying to take control of the definition or allowing the world to define us when we need to allow him to define us, right? So that first key is going to help us open that door of clarity even more. The second key 
direction. Psalm 32, 8. And in Psalm 32, 8, all about allowing him to direct us, it says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. So it's allowing him to direct us, not us taking the reins, not saying, you've been driving a while now, Jesus. Why don't I take over? Or not getting in a struggle and then suddenly the car is all over the place, right? Jesus would never let that happen. But that second key, direct, can help us clear the fog and chaos because it opens up more clarity, right? The third key, discipline. We've got to put our feet in action. I love, love, love. Um, where am I? I just had it. Where is my Joel? Hold on. Joel 2.11. I love this verse um, because I feel like it's a book that we don't always pay very much attention to, but it is so powerful. So in Joel 2.11, you hear me rifling through my Bible. It says... <clears throat> The Lord gives voice before his army, for his camp is very great. For strong is the one who executes his word. Strong is the one who executes his word. Execution is action. That takes discipline. So we must be disciplined to keep going, like we talked about in Titus earlier, right? So discipline unlocks clarity, right? And then to allow him to develop, and this is Romans 12, 2, which is no surprise that we have got to be not conformed to the ways of this world, but transformed by the renewing of our mind. How? Being in the word. Being in the word. Tuning into a podcast like this. Maybe it's working with a coach. You heard on my um, earlier episodes and, and the intro to this episode that I still have room for two, two coaching clients. Maybe it's time for you to find a coach. Maybe that's me. Maybe it's not. But these four keys are so critical to unlocking that clarity and having us um, overcome so that these setbacks can be our comeback because we have the clarity that Jesus has claimed victory, that he defines and directs us. We put that into action with discipline. And guess what? We develop so that every single time we face the chaos and fog, it goes away a little more quickly. So we can be more effective, right? For the kingdom. Okay. So as we close up this episode, here are your journal prompts. We've been doing some journal prompts. So if you haven't listened to the past episodes, go do that this month because I've got journal prompts at the end of each. So first, what is the biggest obstacle that you're facing right now? Which one of these coveting, distraction, discontentment, doubt is your biggest struggle right now? Journal on that. And then journal and ask the Lord to show you how this setback, how this challenge, this obstacle is setting you up for a comeback. And then I have one more thing. It's this prayer. Lord, I am steadfast in what you've called me to do in my business. And I am persevering for your great outcome, not mine. Not mine. And it's not even a prayer as much as it is words of worship or words of, of rejoicing or praise, right? I want to encourage you to do that. Let me say it again. Lord, I am steadfast in what you've called me to do in my business, and I am persevering for your great outcome, not mine. I can't wait to hear how this month of clarity has 
change things for you in your business. And so do me a favor and find go DM me or find me in Voxer. The link is below in the show notes. Um, but most of all, until we are together again for our next episode, I want to encourage you to tune out the world, tune into his truth and turn up your focus so that you can thrive in your business for kingdom impact. And I can't wait to see you on our next episode. Thanks for tuning in to the Hustle With Heart podcast each week. I pray it brings you value as you pursue success God's way to build a thriving business. Remember to check the show notes for my free tool and other helpful links. If this episode speaks to you, take a screenshot, share it with a friend, or share it on social and tag me. And come find me on Voxer, where I love to connect with listeners in my podcast hangout. The link is in the show notes. I'm praying for you, friend, that you'll experience the joy of learning to hustle with heart and that pursuing success God's way will produce much fruit and impact His kingdom in greater ways than you could ever imagine. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.